Testing again. No, I think we're good. Are we live? We're live, man. Holy shit. I never shit. thought I would be on a podcast, so Dude. cheers for that. Cheers, <laughs> cheers bro. <me> back. <laughs> mm. Coming to you live from <clears throat> Toronto. Yeah, man. Um, so I guess nobody knows who you are. You're right. I've just been talking and you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything about it. Nobody knows what this podcast is anyway. All right, well. Uh, just got like five listeners or some bullshit. <laughs> um, so for the five people out there, I'm with... Should I call you my cousin? Fuck it. We can explain that. We can explain totally, that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm with my cousin, Alejandro Jose. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're not actually cousins. No. We just say that. Because it's convenient. Yeah, yeah, purely out of convenience. But I think everyone in the Philippines does that, so it's not entirely out of place. But um, no. yeah, we are somewhat related. Somewhat. By, I don't know, through history, almost. Our grandparents were classmates. Our yeah. grandmas were classmates. So, exactly. I mean, that's probably more related than some people are who are actually related. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and then... And then, Our moms have been best buds since before we were born. Since the dawn of time. Yeah. And like they worked together in Manila. Yep. And then they moved here around the same time. Exactly. And then we were both born in the here. lovely yeah. year of 1991. Exactly. And um, since that's pretty much it, the rest of it is history and the present and probably the future. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, now we're back. Haven't seen you in ages. <laughs> Feels like ages. Yeah. It was really just like a couple months ago we were saying, right? Like December. But yeah. that's our thing though. That's like, that's our history. Like we meet up like once or twice. Yeah. Every, or I mean, not, not once or twice, but usually like for a period or two throughout the year. It's either like during, during the Christmas holidays or in the summer. That yeah, we're in yeah, the same yeah. city. We don't even do that much talking, like in between. We kind of mm-hmm. just our friendship or cousinship, however you want to call it, is based <laughs> purely on like seeing each other twice a year. Yeah, and whatever happened before that has somehow been enough bedrock to like just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sustain the cousinship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but I'm, fuck it. If it's not broke, doesn't need fixing, right? Exactly, man. Um, so yeah, and. Um, yeah, I was here, like, a couple months ago, but I didn't catch you because I was only here for, like, a couple days. Yeah, I remember that. And then I went over to Edmonton, which was interesting. Okay, so, for those who don't know, which is everyone, <laughs> Alejandro is, like, a he, he's a doctor in training. Is that, is that how you describe yourself? Yes, that's, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it, yeah. Exactly. He's soon-to-be doctor. Almost there. How um, much longer? So, I have... Technically, we've started our last year, but since I worked through the summer, we um, we had one exam that we just did, like, last week. Last weekend, it was, actually. Um, and then I have, like, a couple weeks off, and then I go back to Edinburgh, and then, yeah, finish my last year, and then finally cannot finally. be a student. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finally I thought it would never happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> don't even know how to feel about it to be honest <laughs> it's gonna be great man yeah i think it'll be interesting um if we get to start working i think 
kind of like move on to the next the next level, level. Yeah. yeah exactly because you've been the, stuck at like student level forever yeah right? it's just been different iterations of how to be a student exactly like, dude I'm fucking collecting degrees at this point because when i finished uni then i finally got to work and i was like yeah, all right sweet not this homework bullshit yeah and then i went back to school and i was like oh my god here we go again <laughs> and i could not wait to finish yeah but it's kind of interesting with you because you got to work afterwards and experience that a little bit i feel like that change in your mindset's probably good because you you get to see a different environment yeah and like you can objectively judge whether or not like you wanted to keep working or not and for you you were like okay i, I need to go back to school like i don't want to work in this bank yeah yeah. And then you're able to go back to school and like, but yeah, obviously when you go back and you're around like a bunch of 18 year olds, you're like, oh, dude, Jesus. it's weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. So it's really weird. Uh, the good thing though about, about my school, um, or I guess like the, the environment in general, cause like it was, it was college. I guess like, yeah, I, no, not technically. you have to explain that to, to your listeners or? Sure. Why not? Because if they're. Because, like, in, in Manila, it's just, like, it's all just university. I mean, I guess, yeah, there there are colleges, but when you say college... The distinction you, is not the same as... Yeah, you kind yeah. of mean university, but here it's, like, there's a difference between university and college. It's, like, community college, and then where I went to for film was, te- was a polytechnic college. was just, like, something else entirely. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's, like, in between... It's, like, in between college and university. It's, like, a mix of both... Uh, which is which is sort of weird yeah i guess because before college used to be more not quite trades but like less academic kind of uh degrees that you can do but now they've kind of blended them a bit more but they still make the distinction which is kind of weird like they're just generally less academic and more about like we're giving you some skills like you're gonna have this job to work with with those skills whereas like when you go to university they always like kind of stress the whole like this is an academic it's, setting. Yeah, you know? it's, like the academic, yeah it's the academic. It's the academic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whereas like the big colleges, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whereas colleges are more of trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, which is good for the film environment. I mean, like if you're going to be a film worker, I think it's more important to stress like the trade part of it rather rather than the whole like film theory and critiquing aspect because that's that's all just bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, de- definitely. Cause, I mean, I, we've, I've told you this story before, but I'll, like, I'll tell it again. When I was at U of T, there was this girl that I knew that studied. She did like, she was doing film studies essentially, mm. and like, in my head, like my very like binary view of what film studies was, I was like, okay, you watch movies and like, <laughs> yeah. critique them, like, write a little essay about them. But that's basically what she did. And we'd always be like, so what do you actually like learn? that you're going to use, like, after this yeah. to get a job. Yeah. And she's like, well, we don't really do any of, like, the production stuff because it's all, like, theoretical. And I'm like, so, you, like, she would literally sit in the library and watch movies. And that was, that was her degree. And I'm like, like, it's a good thing we don't pay that much for degrees here or else, like, <laughs> fucking, you're just throwing money at them for fun. Well, that's the thing, though. Um, film, like, film degrees mm-hmm. are expensive here. Really expensive. That's one of the reasons why I chose uh, to go to college because I was just comparing, because, like, because film degrees happen in universities. Yeah. So they're they're just like three, four times more expensive than than a college degree. Right. Which is ridiculous. So yeah, that that's that was the main reason why 
I chose to learn like the trade aspects. I was like, what the fuck? Like this is just, just it it just it just seems so out of proportion. Where like if you go and get a film degree, it's okay. I'm going to take all these extra theory classes, but that doesn't necessarily make me better at making films. No, yeah, like, making films makes you better at making films. So I'm like, why not? Not why not go with like the more trade schools? Like actually get your hands dirty. Dirty, yeah, yeah. 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 And, like set up lights. Like mark down actors, fucking know how to properly swap a lens and not break like fifty grand worth of equipment. Like that shit, you can actually learn. <laughs> like, yeah. People, people rocking up to a film set with with their like ideas and theories. Like they don't know how to do that. Like they're the unsafest people. Yeah, they're actually hazards on set because they don't know how to move around a set. It's a dangerous place to be. Right, right. With cables running and a hundred people running around in different directions, if you don't know what's going on you can't sort of read that physical language um you know you're just like a deer in the headlights yeah yeah so um, how is that different in the states then like all these be like movie producers and, and people that work in the film industry what is their educational background like um i think it's i think it's kind of the same like you you have the kids that go to um go to like the different film schools um that yeah focus on yeah that either focus on like the theoretical aspect of filmmaking or the more like production aspect so like you might go to like dartmouth or something and uh do the whole like theoretical yeah yeah you could yeah yeah yeah. i guess yeah it also depends on the program i mean like there are there are some like rep reputable programs but i think they're reputable because of because of the alumni, like the alumni that they've produced, yeah, more rather than the actual, rather than the actual like relevance of the program. I, I you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like because let's say like Scorsese is from Tish, Tish can always just say. I mean, they they always have that. That, you know, that, that, like, that Scorsese, Scorsese is, is from there. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, people go and and they enroll, and like maybe 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 Tish is a good program film but it's also ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. right same with like usc or any any of these other any of, the, of these other film programs but there are there are film programs in in smaller colleges or like trade schools or yeah that kind of thing um that focus more on the production aspect that's something i found like definitely is also um like a problem in medicine for example because really like i went to well, I mean, it started even from when I was at U of T. So, like, the way it works in Canada is kind of like in the, in the Philippines. You do your undergrad, then you apply um, to medicine, and then you get accepted for medicine, right? Okay. Um, but everyone always has it in their head that, like, oh, I want to go to, like, the best school possible all the time, right? Because they think, like, the, the higher uh, rank the school is, the better quality of education. education. Yeah. But, like, the thing with the U of T is, like, it's this, it's this massive school where when you're a student, you just end up being like a number, a number, right? You're just one tiny fish in the entire like ocean. And they don't actually really care about what you're going to do. Like they just want your money essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. where, so like I did that, I was like big time, just like took the bait and I was like, Oh, I'll go to U of T because you know, if I apply to med school, then maybe, um, yeah, that will help, but it doesn't because they have so many people that apply anyways. Uh, whereas like, I know, I think like if I could have gone back, I probably would have picked a smaller school and like, you know, just had a, mm-hmm. a bit more opportunity to have like mentors and things like that. 
um, to help you along the way and kind of like guide you in the right direction. Whereas like at U of T, like you, you just follow the cookie cutter like print of it. And then like when I went to St. Andrews, like the first part of my medicine, that was like a small university. And like, I saw it there fully, like they actually cared about yeah. your learning and things yeah. like that. And then I switched to Edinburgh for my clinical training, which is another big university. Yeah. And man, that place is an absolute shit show of a school. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to bash them on your podcast, but like, uh, it's it it an absolute disaster. <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> like just try, even like trying to get in touch with administration for things is like, it's a nightmare. Um, and like it's the same idea. There's so many things you can do that like you can base you could do a medicine degree with without having to do half the things that people in other schools would have to do that you should probably be doing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we need to be like big brother, but like just like the way they structure the program is like it's not I don't know. I feel like their entire their entire reputation is built around the prestige of them being a big university and not actually yeah. around like the the program like you were saying before like teaching yeah. people to do things and be useful in the context of a job mm-hmm. and that was something i learned like <clears throat> when i went to edmonton because like university of alberta is not as big of a school but like yeah. everyone who goes there like undergrad to to like residents like medical residents they love it because they're yeah. like like people here they're just like less competitive they don't care about like trying to step on top of one one another to like get a better job like they're more yeah. just about like we just want to everyone to learn and like have a good like learning environment so kind of like we're all in this together and you know yeah gotta, exactly yeah, we got to pull together that's awesome man. yeah and, i mean you'll have those problems everywhere but like yeah. they should they should be like at the bottom they shouldn't be like <laughs> at the top so true that um yeah i feel like it was the same going into humber for my film program because like we were about we were only like 100 to start Mm-hmm. And then as the, as as the years went on, um, that number that number got reduced for a variety of reasons. Like other people decided, like that eh, this is not what I want to do. Drop out, or, or they go do other things, or um, you know they couldn't get they couldn't uh, cut the academic requirements because uh, there's just a lot of work. But yeah, that's the one thing I will say to to Humber's credit. I mean, like all of us have bashed the program at one point. Like yeah, we yeah. love to talk shit. Yeah, um, but. And, and no no film program program or no arts program is really perfect, but to their credit, they put us to work. Like, we got a lot of on-set experience, which which translates um, surprisingly quite a bit to what I, to what I do now. Um, yeah. Even though, like, I don't work on set really as much as I used to. Like, I'm more, I'm more in the production office, but sometimes I do have to go to set, and it's just, like, invaluable knowing how to get around that set and not, like, piss people off. Yeah, like like we were talking about before, I think there's nothing like getting your hands dirty. Yeah. Like and yeah, I've learned that like loads of times. Like the number of things I've like tried to remember from a textbook and then you show up and then you're like if you haven't actually done it, oh, you don't yeah, actually right know what's happening, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It goes right out the window. <laughs> just like simple things. Like I was in the emergency room and the guy was like, Oh, there's a kid who like cut his lip open, can you stitch him up? And I was like, uh, like theoretically yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it's like if you've never stitched anyone up before and I was like no and he's like Jesus Christ buy a turkey leg steal a laceration kit go home practice come back tell me that you practiced oh god like, yeah you just feel so stupid right that's like, crazy yeah, yeah in the yeah. UK the way like the the training is even at the clinical years is they like you're just like a fly on the wall all the time. And they're like, oh, I'm going to see this patient. Oh, yeah, I have a medical student here. And you're just kind of like, 
hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but here they kind of like, they just like throw you in the fire, which is, I think, super scary. And coming from Edinburgh and like doing that, it was, I felt stupid many times, but like definitely when you feel stupid about something and it's in the context of like something you have to do, you will definitely not like you know you'll you'll make sure you put the effort in to like do it properly next time and you won't forget like the important things because like i don't know it's, it's almost like yeah. negative reinforcement <laughs> no of course man and uh no i i agree with that 100 like knowing just knowing how to do the basic things and do them right uh and do them and to do them confidently because like man everyone almost everyone who goes to film school wants to be a fucking director and like okay that's great the industry needs directors not not as doesn't need as many as people are out there who want to be who want to be them that's why these jobs are so competitive but it's also like you know when you get that fresh out of film school kid or still in film school kid or person aspiring to be in film school or to be in the film industry and like i'm gonna be a director it's like yeah but do you know how to wrangle this cable properly no then fuck you (laughs) get get off this set almost right or it's like or be willing to learn how to do the dirty work, how to get your hands dirty, how to do the like the quote unquote lowest job yeah, on a film yeah. set. Even though I personally believe there are no low like yeah, sure there are entry level jobs, but there's no there's no like low job. Like, yeah, I don't just... look at a PA and be like, Oh, you're you're nothing. It's like no, because you're doing a job that has to get done mm-hmm. that other people don't don't have time to do because they're they're trying to fry bigger fish or they have other responsibilities. So we need people to take care of all the little things that have to get done regardless. Because yeah. if those things don't get taken care of, they become bigger problems, right? Yeah, I feel like um, not even you know, like you don't have to do those, have done those jobs yourself. But there's definitely value in like understanding yeah. all the pieces of the puzzle that need yeah. to be like in place for something to come together. It's funny. There's so many parallels in medicine. Like, for example, in Canada, doctors have like a much more cerebral role on the ward. So mm. basically, yeah. when I was on the ward in internal medicine. All the patients have these problems and you see them and basically you come up with a plan and what you do is you there's a section in the charts that's called physicians orders and you literally write down orders like yeah any you can write down anything you want from you know please start this patient on like empirical antibiotics for pneumonia all the way down to like give him ice every four hours to chew on because he can't eat and like okay. the whole spectrum but like you just write these things down and they get done. Yeah. And that's like all that Canadian medical students ever know because like they just get thrown into that right away. Whereas like in the UK, you have to, the junior doctors actually have to do a lot of the uh, procedural things. So like if you need to give someone fluids or if you need to take their blood or, you know, Mm. um, things like that, like you actually have to be the one to do it. Whereas it gets pawned off to the nurses here. So it's kind of like this weird thing where like the duties are different and because of that, like, the um the understanding of like roles is different and it almost shows like in in the personalities of like of like the relationship for example between the staff so like doctors and nurses like here there's like this very like clear pecking order and even like medical students like when i was on call i had to like do the overnight shift yeah you're there for like 26 hours and like you're just a medical student but you're the person in charge of your ward so whenever they have problems they'll call you and you're like you're the one that has to make a decision about it and i mean you have to get it signed off by a senior but if you call your senior and you're like 
hey, I don't know what to do. They kind of, they're kind of like, well, why don't you think about what you should do and then like call me back. <laughs> yeah. So you actually have to have some opinion, but then yeah. it can range from anything from like, this patient is having chest pain. I think they're having a heart attack. Please come see them. And you're like, in which case you're like, shit. All the way to like, hey, sorry to wake you up, but this guy's hungry. Is he allowed to eat? And you're like, oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> why did you wake me up for this? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just kind of like, it's weird how it's compared to over there where, where like you, I feel like you get more of an understanding, but then because of the way you learned before where you're just sat at like a fly, you're sat as like a fly on the wall. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're just like, the way you get into it is completely different. So I'd be curious to see like how it is with the film industry, um, in like different countries and things, because I don't know like how, how much of it is set up on like protocol and how much of it is just like, you know, this is the way this director likes to do things or this producer. So, uh, there is a, there is a mix of that. you like every, every set is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll go through like different, like slightly different or like, like variations of protocols depending on, again, yeah, depending on the producer, depending on the studio too. uh, you know, some studios, some producers, some directors kind of like things certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it it really it really just all depends, I guess, on what's a variety of factors like how much how much pull does that director have, or you know, with the studio, yeah, or like who has like generally the producer has more power, right? right. But there's some directors out there who are like also producers or who are star directors, you know, like Spielberg or, or yeah. Nolan. And like they have a lot of pull with those studios, so it's like, yeah. it's like whatever they say kind of goes. That sounds almost. like quite a powerful title to, have, to be both the, to have been both a director and a producer. producer yeah, like those yeah. are both like the big dog jobs, exactly. In the, yeah, the film industry. So, so it it really all it really all depends. Um, yeah, how much, like how much the studio is willing to willing to give that person who is in charge or who they decide or who they really decide mm-hmm. like who's in charge right you can have all these titles but at the end of the day if someone says if someone says jump who's gonna say how high yeah, right? yeah so yeah, it really yeah. depends on how that who that person is and yeah what their what their status in the industry is as well okay uh, but generally in terms of like a protocol and stuff like that um, it's so it's pretty similar across the board like um, and it all, it all flows from, from the same logic of like safety and efficiency, right? Like everything, everything has to be done in a safe manner, also an efficient manner so we can get, you know, so we can get the shots and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make our day as we say, but yeah, the, the way we go about it could be different depending on the country. Like when we're, like when we're setting up lights and we turn them on here, we say sparking. I, I think in England they say striking or in the States, I don't, I'm not sure what they say. I think they say striking as well. Uh, so like yeah, little things like that can vary depending on which country that you're in. But then again, it's all it all f- comes from the same logic of, right? If we're going to turn on a really bright light, people are working. We need to warn them that this light's about to come on, so they don't go blind. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, and it doesn't they don't drop anything expensive, and that doesn't fuck up our day. Does that happen? Oh yeah, shit happens, man. Shit happens <laughs> on set all the time, man. That's you trip funny. on yeah. That's why there's trip on a wire. Trip like, on a like, cable. Yeah. So yeah. like, there's a proper way to wrangle cables. There's a proper way to set cables down. It's yeah. a proper way to tape them down, um, and those things stay uniform, or at least they should, yeah. um, across across the industry, really, because, again, we're, we're working with pretty much the same equipment. No, fair enough. I guess film is an industry, and 
yeah most industries nowadays run around like protocols so yeah um that definitely makes sense i learned something interesting though when i was in edmonton apparently um so you know how before have you ever had a surgery me per- um yeah i got stitches they never like open you up send you to the or kind of thing no 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 no. yeah so apparently like so before you go for a surgery the whole team has to like run through this checklist and it's like a big like everyone pay attention and they 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 go through like who is this patient um what are they here for like what anesthetic have they received like who is like uh under each role so like who are the, the surgeons who are the nurses blah 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 and like they run through this entire checklist that they have to do before every surgery. And I didn't know this. So like until pretty recently, I can't give you like an actual year when they started doing this, but like this is, they only started doing this pretty recently. So before that, a lot of like medical errors, for example, like someone broke an arm and they were supposed to repair the arm, like put it back together. But then they chose the wrong arm. They like went and operated on the wrong arm. Like oh, think fuck. stupid shit like that would happen because they didn't go through these checklists. And they actually, what they did was they modeled that protocol from the aviation industry. So, you know, like obviously before you, uh, yeah, you okay. like fly a plane, you need they to go, go over 300. They go I know like fire pilots things. have like, yeah, they have like 300 different checks or something. Exactly. Like even just for commercial. Before they get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's like multiple steps of like checking and like account like so you're accountable for like everything that's yeah, happened yeah and like that apparently that was something that they took from the aviation industry and it seems so simple Smart. right yeah yeah but um yeah it's funny like a lot of things they just like they make sense they work they're like universal concepts yeah so no, that's i great. guess especially if safety is involved right like exactly. you're saying safety and efficiency so that's awesome that they took that quick quick tangent this is why i get so pissed off at like at customers that get they get pissed at the ground staff when like a flight is grounded or like canceled or something or yeah. like, they get just they start losing their shit. I'm like, okay, first of all, these guys are customer service reps. It's not their fault. No. <laughs> Two, thank fucking God this pilot knew his shit and was like, you know what? <laughs> we can't fly this plane. Yeah, right something yeah. <laughs> doing my checks and guess what I spotted? Like I, yeah, I was on a I was on a Porter flight um, from coming back from Washington to here mm-hmm. and fuck, this like this pilot tried to start the plane like three times or he tried he, like the plane was starting but like there was something not working quite right he tried it three times and he was like I'm grounding this flight like he's like I've tried it he's yeah, like yeah. it's the third time I've tried uh to do this thing like to fix a problem problem hasn't been fixed I'm deeming this aircraft unsafe and I just wanted to like start clapping in the cabin and be like, thank you yeah, for yeah. not finding this shit out 30,000 feet in the air with nowhere to turn. Right? Thank you for being competent at yeah. your job. Yeah, I'm like, dude, thanks. But like people were pissed yeah, off. Yeah. Fuck it. And, you know, supposedly some of these people are like, quote unquote, nice Canadians giving, the, giving like the, the ground staff shit. And I'm like, it's not their fault, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They, like they're not in charge of this. I mean, at least, like, the customer service people aren't in charge of this plane. Fuck. Thank God. Thank God the pilot caught it. Or, like, the engineers, like, checked it or something. I mean, like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm like, what would you rather that we took off in this shit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? I com- I completely agree. But at the same time, I find it endlessly difficult to fight that frustration when you're, like... I get it. Yeah, yeah. When, when in you a have, flight, and then... Yeah, you have somewhere to be, and you're like, fuck, we can't go. It sucks, but that's more, uh, 
that's more like a problem of character rather than like <laughs> than anything else. You know, I uh, mean, like I, again, I was kind of pissed too, but I was at the same time I was like, well, at least we're not dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's probably the right way to that, look at it. Yeah, <laughs> shit happens. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me. Um, I was going to meet my mom and I, you know Tita Anna and yeah, Tita yeah. Robert um, in Paris one weekend because like they my mom had flown back and met them and she's like oh come for the weekend like you know like just take some time off whatever it'll be fine so I like I flew out my plan was to like fly out Friday night and then I was going to fly back to Edinburgh on Sunday but the UK had a snowstorm and by a snowstorm in the U- in UK terms there was a centimeter of snow everywhere <laughs> <laughs> So I like I go to the airport in Edinburgh and I remember like going up to my gate and um looking at the screen to check where my gate was and I just saw like delayed until this time and like I had bought a really cheap ticket to like fly through London and then to Paris. So I was like, "Oh shit, I'm not going to make it for my flight to Paris from London." Yeah. So like, I went to the desk and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's because like um, it's because of this snowstorm. They're like, uh, and they're like, yeah, you probably won't make it. And I was like, what can I do? And they're like, oh, try going back down to the desk and like seeing if there are any other flights you can get on. I go back down to the desk and they're like, oh yeah, we got one that we can get you on. And um, it'll get you there like 45 minutes, but the airport's really small. Um, so like, don't worry about like being late. And I get there and I was like, okay, sick. So I get to London, run through the entire airport. And this was like, I think it was London City Airport. It's like kind of like, the one on the island here. Oh, yeah, Billy Bishop? Yeah. Billy Bishop, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, run up to the top, run all the way, like, literally last person on the plane. I'm, like, sick. <clears> the <throat> plane, like, on, going to Paris. And we're, like, <laughs> we're just, like, taxiing, getting ready to take off. And then we're, like, oh, sorry. The pilot goes, oh, sorry, folks. Um, you know, there's, like, uh, another 10 planes ahead of us because of the snowstorm. It's a bit delayed. So we're just going to have to wait here, blah, blah, blah. So everyone's, like, kind of pissed. And I'm, like, okay, this is flight number two. Like, what's happening right now? And I'm, like, fighting this urge inside me to, like, just throw a fucking fit. Even though there's no real reason to do it. You just feel angry anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that. And then we, he's, like, okay, two more planes, folks. Um, we'll be ready to go soon. And at this point, I'm, like, um, we're, like, an hour late. And it's also, like, 10 p.m. Yeah. And I'm, like, okay, I'm going to have to get to Paris and somehow find my way to, like, wherever I'm supposed to go. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, it's our turn. And, like, he goes... Sorry, folks. So unfortunately, in the time um, that we've been waiting, uh, like our, our some of our gear is frozen over, so we're gonna have to get the defrosting machine oh, to yeah, come here DS. and check oh, us. And we're like, uh, we're all like, okay, and we're like, okay, but just sit tight. We're gonna do that. So they go. It's like another forty-five minutes. They're Jeez. defrosting yeah. the plane, whatever yeah. that means. And he's like, okay, we're good to go now. And we're like, okay, get us out of here. And um, he pulls up to the runway and he goes, sorry, folks, unfortunately, while we were getting defrosted, the runway froze over. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to keep you here tonight. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's funny you're saying, like, really nice Canadian people. Yeah. Because I guess, like, the... It's kind of a similar vibe in the UK. Like, British people are very, like, reserved, right? So they don't... Right. Like, I I imagine if it was in the US, not to generalize, but also to generalize, um, people, like express their feelings a bit more right. but like, yeah. I mean there were a lot of scoffs and like <laughs> yeah. oh, can't believe this <laughs> <laughs> no okay that I that I get cause that's just like multiple points of like, like frustration and yeah. like just 
It's more of like no, it's general frustration with like okay, like the universe is like really fucking me right now. Yeah. Right. That that I can understand. And, you know, there's a lot of like external factors and bullshit. Um, again, I think he made all, like obviously they made all the right calls, but still, I get how that can be like really frustrating. But this was like we were sitting in that plane, this tiny of tiniest of tiny planes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like this is a commuter plane, and like from the get go, you just know something's wrong. Like, the air wasn't, like, the air conditioning wasn't working, so everyone's sweating. We're just sitting in that runway. You can tell, like, Pilot's trying every fucking thing. Like, he's he's with us on the radio, like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. Like, <laughs> he's like, air crew prepared, blah, 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 Not working, okay, ground crew, blah, 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 blah. Like, he's trying every single thing for 45 minutes. He's like, I can't get it to work. And I'm like, all right, man. Fair enough, like, dude, you, you tried. tried. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, you if tried. you tell me that you tried every single thing and everyone's here, like, sweating their balls off, I believe you. <laughs> I, I absolutely believe that you didn't just keep us all here. Yeah, you have no reason not to. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Thank, that's why I was like, thank God he grounded this fight because I was starting to get nervous. Like, all right, man. Like, something feels really, really fucking wrong. This is, yeah, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, there's a bit of a cloud here. Yeah, Can't Because yeah. of the weather, it wasn't like that. It was like, I was getting that fucking sixth sense kind of feeling like yeah man like we're, we've been here like way too long skies are clear and everything like we're just sitting here like something's gotta be terribly wrong yeah I mean at the end of the day having to like get off the plane again yeah, and be yeah. a bit sad about not getting somewhere is better <laughs> than ending up in a ditch ditch yeah or in like in the ocean perhaps was, yeah with some plane shrapnel in you yeah, like, yeah. that would be the worst case scenario really so exactly fair enough fair enough on his part yeah I came off that plane like smiling and shit just like oh thank god <laughs> like thank god we didn't go cause I was like I was starting to feel nervous man like <laughs> straight up just trying everything oh, to make it work dealing with angry customers is that's a shit job. It's an art. That's it, yeah. There's definitely an art to that. Like, we have to. Those are the real heroes. Yeah. Support customer service people. Yeah. Dealing with that shit. <laughs> it's such a funny thing, though, because, like, I guess in a professional context, the way you should approach those <clears throat> kinds of situations is always a, like, what you should do rather than a what you would do. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Because, like, I'm sure, like, every customer service employee their like instincts when they hear this shit are to be like listen i'm not getting paid to listen to your shit (laughs) like there's the door if you'd like your money back we have you know (laughs) yeah we have other avenues for you to yell at but like it's not gonna be me so yeah um yeah it's, it's just kind of funny because yeah, I guess that's the difference when you're working in a professional environment. You have to tame your. That's yeah, that sucks, instincts. man. I feel bad for him. I mean, when I used to work at Starbucks, God, holy crap! Yeah, the complaints I get from people like over their fucking coffee about their coffee. Yeah, yeah, you can only imagine like people <laughs> dealing with people who just missed a flight. <laughs> it's like, oh <laughs> shit, that must be something else. I was just watching these poor bastards. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. People oh have gosh. the most complicated orders. I'm like, Starbucks did that to themselves, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you give people too much choice. Yeah. They take advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's this funny thing. So, when you're 
like a student and like I was talking about before like the hierarchy right between like nurses and things so there's also like a hierarchy obviously when you're like a medical trainee right so you're like you're, when you're a student you're like at the bottom obviously. okay yeah. <laughs> and then you have like the residents yeah. and then like the senior residents yeah and then you have the they call it the attending here they call it the consultant in the UK like basically the the actual doctor and yeah. like they're, they like here we notice that like they always click buying you coffee and I feel like it's this like weird subtle power move where like you're, it's, you're, like, you're asserting your dominance. You know? yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'll get your coffee. Don't worry. So like consultants, for example, will take their team yeah. and like you go to the little coffee shop in the hospital and he's like, okay, I'll have this. And he's like, and whatever they're having. And it's like this big like, oh, okay. <laughs> big dick player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like one of the girls I was living with, super funny. So every morning, basically what got her through her day, which is completely understandable, was her... Um, it was like a matcha latte from Starbucks, but it was like a skinny, half sugar, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking almond milk, whatever. <laughs> it had like, it had like three extra caveats to the um, matcha latte. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. So she would order it every day, twice a day for like the six weeks we were there. Oh and to God. the point that like all of the employees at, at the Starbucks in the hospital, who were actually also Filipino, they yeah. were all Filipino funny they all knew her order like so whenever she would show up they'd be like we'll have it ready for you soon and she was saying one time she went down uh with her like team to get to get coffee yeah because the consultant was doing his thing and uh he was like yeah and whatever they're having as well and uh so they went up to like she started spilling out her order and like she said it and the lady was like oh but do you not want it with like the like do you not want the low-fat milk instead and she was like she she didn't want to be embarrassed with like stupid order that she normally gets yeah. she was like she was like no 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 it's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it she's like looking at the consultant at the same time like oh jesus i'm here too much yeah exactly um so yeah definitely like i can see from the starbucks employees perspective how that would just be just a bit excessive sometimes but you know whatever people like what they like so i mean it all depends i mean some or you know what sometimes though like the ridiculous orders are actually kind of fun because they bri- like they break up the monotony okay? yeah because if you're just pumping out the the same drinks like, like all day every day yeah like it gets it gets pretty rote very fast yeah so when you have that one person that has like this bananas order you're just like <laughs> you're like mm. ooh <laughs> spicy <laughs> so, i like yeah, it yeah i'm like <laughs> what is the best way to do this? Like, what's the <laughs> fastest, most efficient way to pull off this order? And especially if they're regulars and they always get that order, it's like, yes, some variety. Yeah, right? yeah, no, fair and it's, enough. And it's great if they're, they're nice people, so then, like, you you know, it's kind of fun to indulge them. It's, yeah, it only becomes a pain in the ass when, like, when they're a pain in the ass and they have a pain in the ass order. The and regulars I, at Starbucks, eh? Yeah. So, like, when the regulars at Starbucks in the mall, are they usually just employees in the mall some of them are or do you get people that actually um, just go to the mall all the time and... yeah there's a bit there's a, a bit, bit of all of that well. yeah uh, a lot of i think when i at least when i was doing it in square one yeah um, a lot of them were a lot of them were employees at the mall so they either come before their shift yeah. or like during lunch um or as we're ending the other yeah the other person i don't know i don't know what the percentage is but the other the other type of customers or regulars were mall regulars <laughs> so they were just at that mall all the time <laughs> usually like older people yeah like yeah, nothing yeah. to do chillers yeah and then the other 
the other regulars were people that worked in the surrounding area. Right. Like in like nearby office buildings and stuff. So they'd come in, they'd come into our store like first thing in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So what was the general uh, approach to dealing with someone who's like lighting you up because you, you know, you put fucking soy milk instead of almond milk and macchiato. You give them their drink, you get, you apologize, give them that drink for free and do the next, do the next one for free. No, it's, it's pretty much... Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty standard. You just gotta just give them what they want. Eh? Yeah, Customer exactly. is always right. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. True. Exactly. You give them a gift card or some shit like that. Um, whatever. Yeah, anything. Just anything that, that, yeah, just anything to please them. Because it's not worth... Just avoid... It's not worth confrontation, I guess. No, it, it really isn't. That's one of the things you learn. And, like, yeah, that's life. one of the things I learned. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, like you said earlier, like, there's that... There's like that personal reaction that you want to give them. Like, listen, man, fuck you. <laughs> like, really? Why don't you take your almond this milk? Is like, <laughs> this is the biggest problem that you have. You live in a first world country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, not worried. Like, like a fucking drone's about to drop a bomb on your head. You're not shitting in a ditch. Like, biggest problem of your day is the fucking milk choice that you... You know what? Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's the problem when you live in a nice place. Like, you... I think it's human nature to look for problems. Yeah. And if you if you don't really have problems, then you you're, you're going to make problems. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. True. That's a good point. But yeah, there is that personal reaction. Then there's like the professional one where it's like, yeah, you know what? Really sorry about that. Um, can you give me two minutes? I can make it right. Yeah. And you just do it. And then, yeah. And then usually they're happy after that. Usually, yeah, they're, coffee, pretty, right? yeah so. they're, they're happy after that. And it's the same thing. Like, um, from the, from the customer service point of view, it's like, you know what? It is just coffee. Like, fuck it. If they want it this way, they just want yeah. it this way. It takes me two minutes. You're like, like what else am I going to do? I'm just going to make someone else's coffee. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's like, well, yeah, I can get like, I could also get lit up about this fucking <laughs> asshole or I can just make the thing, send them on their way. Yeah. True. <laughs> what a character building experience. Yeah. yeah. It, I, it is, man. It is. That to me was like life experience that, I didn't ever think I was going to get <laughs> yeah, at Starbucks. But you but got it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, um, I always look back at that Starbucks experience and I, and I always feel like it was valuable for two reasons. Because like, one, when, like, when I have like hard days at my job, I always think like, well, fuck, at least I'm not serving coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I'm true. never going back to that shit. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, too, it's like, you know what? I do use a lot of those skills in, <laughs> in my job now. Like, even... Even just the process of making, or of like making orders at Starbucks, like you, you do again, it's it's almost like an assembly line. You have to pump out drinks really fast because yeah. there's a long line of customers. So like they have it down to a science, like how you should how you should attack, uh, like the coffee line. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's crazy, man. There's a, there's an like there's it's like written down. There's a, yeah, there's an actual procedure okay. of like which drinks you should handle first, um, how to handle them. And, and how to handle them um, based on the number of people that you have on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you kind of change up your procedure based on, yeah, based on how much support you have. Like how many other baristas are there. It's crazy, it's yeah. It's like a military operation. It, it is, it is, right. And same, I mean, it's the same as a medical ward, I'm sure. It's the same on a film set. Oh, yeah. Like you have yeah, to change yeah, up certain sure. procedures based on how many people you realistically have. Mm-hmm. So, like, knowing how to knowing how to like pump out 20 coffee orders 
right in, in like 10 minutes or less like that actually helps me do what I do now because it's like got a stack of fucking vendors and like invoices and you know production office needs this and like this department needs that and like the director needs this and the producer wants this answer blah 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 yeah. all this shit's happening so it's like okay what is the fastest most efficient way I can pump out all this work <laughs> right yeah. yeah that was a pretty um, comprehensive explanation of transferable skills from Starbucks I wonder how many times that's been used on uh, in a job interview or, like, <laughs> yeah. in a personal statement or something I must um, have yeah <laughs> I, I must have used it it's pretty good uh, man. yeah no it's not it's not it, it's makes, not, sense. it, it makes sense it makes sense yeah it's definitely not it's definitely not bullshit um cause the funny thing is like in, when you're working well in Starbucks it's like they have we have this saying like you're only working on two drinks at a time so you could have like 50 drinks stacked up but you're only concentrating on, on doing two things mm-hmm. or, or doing two drinks. Right. So it's like as, so it's like you start one drink, and you do it like halfway through, and then you get it to its like finishing point. Okay. Right. And there's like there's always that point. No matter what the drink is, it has like a finishing point where you're just kind of waiting for something, for something in that drink to happen. Like it, it could be like the espresso brewing, or it could be the ice blending, or something. Right. You're waiting for yeah. that point where it's like I have five seconds. Where I'm just looking at this thing. Yeah. So in those five seconds or ten seconds, I start the next drink. Get that to its get that to its like middle point. Dude, it isn't a And then line, finish yeah. the first one, hand that off, finish uh, finish the second one, and then start and the then third start one. Start that for the next yeah. one. Or start the third bit. Yeah. Or start the third one, depending on what the drink is, and then finish off the second and then move to the fourth and back to the third and the fourth and the fifth, right. sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh. So yeah. And it's like, that's actually transferable. I mean, in a lot of jobs with, like, for film, it's like, okay, here's, like, ten things to do. It's like, okay, what are the two that I can do right now? Yeah. Uh, and then like, quickest and most next. efficiently, yeah. And then, like, and then do the third, back to the second, fourth, back to the third. Yeah, man. Interesting. It's, yeah. Really weird how that how that transfers over. <laughs> and also just doing coffee orders, man. Like, it's one of the jobs that I did, like, on set as a PA. Yeah. Uh fucking all these directors and producers and writers wanted like 10 different drinks all all you know all specified like you know they're those people <laughs> that, that wanted a specific yeah, way you're like bro i got you you know i was like i you got right. this yeah <laughs> i'm like this is gonna be the best coffee run you've ever experienced because i know this you're shit like, bro, you're paying me double if i fuck it up there's yeah. no chance in hell <laughs> yeah exactly went right up to that starbucks and i was like listen like, listen here this is how it's going down <laughs> like this is what i need blah 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 yeah and i gave it to them the exact way that they prefer to hear and they're like okay you used to work here, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, you used to be a partner, huh? Like, like, this yeah. is not my first rodeo, thank you very much. Like, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go on a tangent now. But um, speaking of character building and change and things like that, are you feeling more Canadian now that you've immersed <clears throat> yourself here in, in Toronto? Good tangent. Um, I definitely feel more adjusted. Adjusted to life. Like, yeah, adjusted to adjusted to life here and how things go. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, I feel more comfortable. Feeling more like a part of the city and the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've... The thing is, like, feeling part of the city is more of... Um, well, that part's easy. Because I've only, I've only really ever grown up in cities. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Except for the part where... I mean, like, I was born here, but I was born in Markham, which is, like, the suburb, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, that doesn't really count. So... 
yeah, I've only I've only like really grown up in big cities, so like being being in a big city like just feels like home, no matter what that city is. But yeah, I get I get your question. I appreciate it. Like, yeah, I I definitely feel more comfortable. Um, but I think it's also like I feel I feel more comfortable not feeling comfortable. I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, it's more like, cause it went from like okay, like I, like I want to, uh, like I want to, like adjust to the society and like fit in, and be like everyone else, but then and especially with Toronto, where like it's it's such a melting pot and you have people from all over the world. It's like no, you can actually embrace that you're, the fact that you're kind of different, yeah, from everyone else. And in a way, in a way, it's like that's kind of what brings everyone together in this city, at least. It's that everyone's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I try not to. I guess I try not to fight it as much, or I try not to adapt too much. Yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, okay. a, it's a good place for that mindset. For yeah, sure. um, it's like I am who I am. Um, yeah, you know what? And it, it also like a lot of it too is just like listening to the Joe Rogan experience and like listening to the other, like all the people that he has on. It's like you know what? It like my mindset is like it's actually okay to disagree. What's not okay is just like when when like a society tends to like fall apart because of disagreement. Yeah. It's kind of where, where we're at now. And that's the uncomfortable place where it's like, it's like, if you don't share my opinions or my views, like you're absolute shit, you're a shit human being. You're the worst of the worst. You're racist, sexist, homophobic, like enter, you know, the worst description you can think of. And that's kind of, that's, that's the dangerous part of, uh, I guess where we are right now where it's like, everything's so extreme. That's one thing I've found, I don't know if it's some kind of bias I have or something I've actually objectively observed, but I feel like in Toronto, because you're allowed to kind of be more of an individual and, Mm. you know, they're like a bit more accepting of everything, like those kinds of personalities tend to come out more, which you saw with the whole like... For example, like we were just talking about Justin Trudeau, Trudeau and yeah. his blackface shenanigans. <laughs> brown honest, face, wasn't it? Is it brown face? It was, I, I, it was brown face. Whatever face he was. Either way, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. I think it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I and you know, we always like rag on politicians because we expect them to be this perfect person. And then when they're not, you give them shit for not being this perfect person. And that's hardly something that is, you know, like directly going to affect his ability to be a leader of this country and this is like coming from both of us who are you know like maybe not his biggest fans but right like, yeah i yeah. mean at the expense i don't know if we're allowed to go into like political beliefs on this thing but um no let's go <laughs> let's go there i mean it's just it's just kind of silly that like why is that important at all you know <laughs> yeah. it's like a partially i guess it partially has to do with the way like times have changed and it it a lot of it has to do with that like what we were talking about people just get offended more easily by things now. Yeah, see, I find, like, that's the weird thing. Um, No, you're totally right. I don't think it is, like, a... It is a bias, because, like, well, you've lived everywhere over the world. I've... um, I lived in a couple places, but, like, I really see the distinction between, like, Eastern and Western cultures, and it's, like, for a society that purports itself to be so open and accepting, at the same time, you find that there's a good number of people that are, you know, who, again, would... Uh, present themselves as open and accepting of all these things are also quick to just criticize or judge people who don't share their 
who don't exactly share their viewpoints. And I'm like, hmm, is that really very progressive and open and accepting? Or is this just the teapot calling the kettle black? Yeah, exactly, right? So I'm like, "Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it just seems like they've, in Canadian culture... They fought so hard to stray away from, I guess, because like having the U.S. in proximity to that and being <laughs> yeah. different enough that they can say that they're different. Yeah. They've always fought so hard to like get away from that whole like, oh, we don't think like the like typical conservative North American white man yeah. and like all of the uh, prejudices that they may have, which are obviously things that were awful and things that happened in the past that everyone is trying to get over. But it's like they they swayed all the way to the other side where they're like, yeah. Yes, we accept everything, but if you don't accept the same things that, that we, we accept, accept? Yeah. which is quote unquote everything, everything then, we don't then you're just you. one of them. They're yeah, just yeah. like they exactly. funnel you into yeah. this one thing. So yeah, there. I think you put it in a better way than I than I could. Like that's how I feel. It's like, well, you know, it's a if you're not one of us then then you're against us. Yeah. And I'm like but I thought you love everybody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kinda yeah, it's weird like that. Like I guess part of the the philosophy of wanting to like accept different ways of life and beliefs is like as much about actually accepting them as much as it is allowing other people to not do that. I mean, so far as they're not causing anyone any direct harm, you know, because you can have a lot of thoughts that, you know, someone may not feel right or that come from a lineage of things that, um, were really bad historically for humans, right? Because technically anyone who believes in, Christianity, Catholicism, Islam. Yeah. You can funnel them into the whole, like, oh, well, you know what? Like, Christianity, like, they massacred thousands, millions of people for the sake of the religion. Yeah. Islamists blew up the World Trade Center, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean every single person believes in that. Yeah. And at the same time, like, yeah, like, you're allowed to believe in those things so long as you're not, like, I don't know, I always just think, like, if, if you're not, like, forcing it down my throat, then, like, fucking have at it, man. Like, think whatever you want to think <laughs> no true that's uh and that's again i think a lot of people hate ben shapiro <laughs> For that, yeah, even yeah. yeah and like just bringing that up I'm like uh-oh here we go <laughs> yeah as if anyone listens to this shit but i would say like to his to his credit and like, i think this is the reason why like i kind of like him because like i don't i don't necessarily agree with all of his viewpoints but at the end of the day like even he says himself look my opinion shouldn't matter to you yeah it's like if you can like you honestly can live your life without regardless my opinion, yeah like, without <laughs> my opinion i'm like all oh, right that's so true that's so true but some people like, feel like their their opinion needs to like be, oh it's be hate speech it's like yeah. you're not saying or, you know like hate speech like again it's such a strong or like it's part of the thing it's like oh you disagree with me it's hate speech yeah it's like no we have a difference of opinion like, isn't that what makes us so great because we're quote-unquote diverse? There's no diversity if everyone thinks the same way. Poor Justin Trudeau, man. That's like, I feel like he had the support of all of those people. I'm going to funnel them all into a group now because while we're <laughs> at it, might as well. <laughs> he had all, all the support of those people who are, you know, claiming to be um, accepting of every belief system and like way of life yeah. and then like bro you did brown face a co- like 10 years ago for a halloween party <laughs> shit <laughs> now you it's all falling apart you know what's funny to me is like of all the things you could have gotten like caught for it was that like oh fuck you 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 just expect not expect but 
I mean, I guess, I guess like like the way it is with like politicians, especially with like Rob Ford, it's always like you expect that you expect it to come out like, oh man, he's like a drug addict, or he's like into cocaine, or yeah, we got yeah, pictures yeah. of him like shooting coke off like strippers asses or something in amsterdam or something right yeah something like that or you know like with politicians in general like they're having an affair but you know it's like he did brown face and that's just like (laughs) fucking him up right now it's like of all the things that he did brown face man fuck being in the public eye like that yeah honestly that's an absolute shift yeah and to all the Tell the white justice warriors losing their shit right now. Alejandro and I are prisons of color. So you can <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can shut the fuck up. I find some stri- strange sense of uh, pride in that. Yeah. Even though I, I, a lot of things I say a lot, I think um, probably shouldn't be said. But like, if you say them, then they get said. Said it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was funny. I was talking about it with my mom and my brother, and um, we were talking about how like. I feel like a lot of that had to do with the fact that maybe 10 years ago, okay, it was still looked down upon to do something like brownface, particularly if you're a politician, that aside. Yeah. But, like, people's reactions were more of like a, oh, rather than like, like now, now, they're like, a, like, we're gonna go rally in Queen's Park against Jordan Peterson kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were saying how, like, when we were, I don't even remember how old we were. My brother must have been like seven or eight, and uh, it was Halloween, so yeah, you know, you get your costume, you go trick or treating. And my, and my mom's like, "What are you gonna be for Halloween?" And my brother's like, "I want to be a pimp," <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. Oh, he was man, a pimp that's... for Halloween. He had the big like purple thing, like <laughs> purple hat. He had like a cane. <laughs> And, like, you know where we live in Walden Circle? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't give him my address away, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we can edit that out, hopefully. Um, where we live is, like, a big... It's a suburb. It's, it's suburb, and there's, like, a lot of, um... There's a lot of, like, elderly folk that move there and they retired. My mom, sure. my mom was telling us about, like... She didn't tell us this when we were kids, obviously, but she was like... It's like, oh, I wondered back then, like, what are we going to do if, like, the, you know, what if he, sh- what if he walks up to someone's house and it's, like, this <laughs> nice old lady, like, handing him candy. She's like, oh, what are you supposed to be? And he's, like, a little eight-year-old Asian kid that's like, I'm a pimp. <laughs> One Asian family. <laughs> and it's yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom told him to be, like, just tell them you're a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> tell them you just won the lottery. And my brother was like, Listen, oh, okay. You're crazy rich Asian, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to any white person who asks. <laughs> the kid just wanted to be a pimp, whatever. And, like, I can see... I can see how that, like, could have been offensive. But at the same sure. time, it's a kid. You yeah, know, like, whatever. I mean, if you're looking for it to be offensive, you'll find things you will always find something i mean no he my brother wasn't sat there like oh i just want to like do this for all the hoes out there like he wasn't (laughs) trying to bring anyone down he was literally like pimps are kind of funny well like as funny as you think they are when you're eight yeah (laughs) i want to dress up like one of them (laughs) and he did (laughs) well like it's it's the stereotype of what a pimp is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and that is kind of funny. I mean, know? I don't like know any pimps, so I don't no, know. No, I don't know either. Like, but, but like, but even before you described what he was wearing, that was the image I had. Like, something <laughs> in purple. Yeah, big... Some pur- bling. Yeah, big, big purple... purple velvet like, jacket. Jacket. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Gold chain. Big, ridiculous hat. Yeah. Like, with a wide brim or something. Of course, a cane. It was like, yeah. That, and, like, that is funny that that's... Like, that's the image that... I guess most people have, or a yeah. lot of people have, enough that 
your brother would mimic it, yeah. right? Random Asian kid. <laughs> I think people just need to embrace humor a little bit more, you know? Like, just don't take yeah, life yeah, so yeah. seriously. It's not like he's advocating for, you know, fucking pimps yeah. or anything. And I mean, I don't but, think Justin Trudeau was, like, trying to advocate, advocate. for slavery or anything like that by yeah, but, brown or blackface, whatever it was. Like, he's, I don't know. It's, here, yeah, here's the point. Because it was brought up in my office, and I was just like, um, you know, because people were like, oh. And I was like, okay, I'm not, not really a Trudeau fan. But at the same time, like, dude, like, cause the first question I asked was like, okay, when did this picture come out? Or like, when, when was this picture taken? And they were like, oh, like 18 years ago or some shit. Like he was like 28, 29. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this was nearly two decades ago. The world was a different place. Most of these people who are outraged probably weren't even born yet. Yeah. Right. Or they were very young. World was a different place. We had a different sense of humor. It doesn't make it right, but for the time, it was acceptable to do certain things. Like twenty years ago, okay, we were still we were still calling people, in in a in a humorous way, retarded, yeah. or faggot, or gay. Yeah. Okay, can't use those words today anymore. Fine. But again, what are we gonna do? Retroactively go back 10, 20 years, to and start lighting people up for shit they said yeah. that was acceptable at the time yeah and it seems like like who are these perfect specimens who have never committed any of these unjust crimes and hate speech whatsoever like where where are you all at like you really exist like you never made a mistake in your life yeah like what do you want from this guy yeah whoever went through puberty in their 20s not having like a silly thought yeah right like like, who who went through the entire thing only acting completely morally just the entire time and it precludes i mean that kind of I mean, that kind of attitude precludes any sort of growth. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've definitely made mistakes. I've definitely had opinions that, you know what, today I'm, I'd be like, oh, shit, that was bad. Yeah. Right? Or not not criminal, but, like, all right, I definitely don't <laughs> glad, hold... Glad that left. <laughs> yeah, glad, like, I don't hold that viewpoint anymore, and now I've moved on, and I think, well, I try to be a better person, but it's like, if we're, if we're just going to keep going back and having these retroactive witch hunts, it's like... Well, fuck, everybody's guilty of something. Let's take everybody's careers away. Yeah, that's a problem with politics, though, right? There's so many, yeah. like, different angles that they're trying to get mm-hmm. to different places that... And, like, all the motives for things are not ever entirely as black and white as they seem to be. Yeah. Right? Like, that was just such an easy thing to for them to, use it. Yeah, to, yeah, for to the back up their fucking commercials that I've been here for two days three days now and I've seen maybe five like Justin Trudeau is not fit to run this country yeah. <laughs> he has shown through his term that uh, yeah. you know his the, the interests of the people are not his own yeah. and I'm like oh my god <clears throat> but fuck I mean that brown face thing is kind of funny I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Again, of all the things you could have been caught for. <laughs> like, that's yeah. like, bro, you didn't have a coke habit, but yeah, I know, you were right? blackface the one time. Uh, <laughs> that's how they get you. Fuck. You can't escape, man. You can't escape. It's kind of funny. I mean, fuck, for all we know, there's a brown person at that party who fought, who found it hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or a black person that was like, that laughed out loud. Yeah, and I mean, shit. We I never know. I know this Again, has been said place. many times in many different avenues for interviewing people and just like whatever. But I find it so funny when like people, particularly no offense to white people, but particularly when white people take <laughs> offense to things for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so many times. <laughs> it's like, dude. When they're always like, they're like, oh, that was so awful. And I'm like, it's just, honestly, it's fine. It's, so, mm, yeah. Yeah. Like if, yeah. If I, um, if I lost any sleep over it overnight, then um, <laughs> I will surely get over it. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely didn't. So. Do you think like part of that, I guess like part of our attitude is like, well, I guess it is that it's shaped from having like Asian, Asian parents, right? Uh, strong, like strong ties to like, like your home country and their values. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah, no way. like, yeah, like something offensive happens and it's just like, well, dirt off your shoulder. Right, because if you get offended at everything, every single time, mm-hmm. you'll have no energy to do anything else. Yeah. Right. I mean, because that's kind of the way it is in Manila. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of things are shit. Yeah. But if you're constantly pissed off and offended at the shit things, like you can't, you won't ever be able to enjoy anything good. Ever. Yeah. 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 Right. I think that probably has something something to do, to do with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it probably also has something to do with the fact that, like, even though we are minorities. I feel like there's a spectrum of hardship that you can experience as a minority. Mm-hmm. And um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, or like if I, didn't, I don't react to these things because I've never like experienced anything horrific, like, I don't know, maybe like police brutality towards like one of my family members or something yeah. like that. Or like just someone overtly being racist in a... In a way damaging enough that it would like actually harm my ego so maybe i'd like for whatever reason i brush it off or if because i just think that way naturally that you know these these little petty things like that don't really bug me i don't know what it is but um Mm. maybe a big a mix of the two but could be um but yeah i'm sure the the asian parents have something to do with it um but being asian itself is like its own little thing you know because like in if you take minorities as a whole and like here we are generalizing things big time but whatever just for the purpose of the thought experiment you take like minorities as a whole and you look at the things that like a hypothetical person would be offended about because it implies that like you know you're being stereotyped a certain way i feel like there's nothing super like direct being Asian that you can get yeah. super offended about, you know? Like obviously with African Americans, it's pretty clear, right? There's like there was the slavery thing. That was bad. Yeah. And that's pretty much enough for them to like have some kind of say in terms of like you can't be blackface at my party because I think it's offensive, yeah. you know? Yeah. But with the Asians it's like it's kinda like Alright, you did this with your eyes. No one can see me, but I'm yeah. pulling my eyes like Chinese person like they do that okay it's not really that offensive because number one I'm not Chinese and number two (laughs) like okay so what like physically that's kind of how they look whatever Um, and then in terms of like if you take like Arabic people you go to the airport and say you get pulled over because of like you get stopped by immigration because of your name okay I get it that's like profiling yeah so I don't know maybe like Asians are in their own little like special category because of that yeah interesting viewpoint I don't know there's, there's many yeah. different ways to explain it and I'm sure it depends a lot on like the individual and the circumstance which is why this whole thing is just silly 
Yeah. Because it is both individual and circumstance. True. You know? Yeah. Like, okay, fine. A politician, especially a politician who is the son of a politician, maybe could have foregone the blackface costume. (laughs) And at the same time, it was a circumstance. Like, we were talking about, like, it was that time in history when, you know, we were a little bit more lenient with these things. And, like, even though they're frowned upon... Some people still do them. People do things that are frowned upon all the time, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure in 20 years' time, some fucking kid's going to be offended by something we did now. Maybe this podcast, for example. Oh, Who man. Knows? People are going to be offended 20 seconds from now. Yeah. As long as we're not <laughs> offending five people right now, then yeah, it's like, exactly. go us. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, man. Like I said earlier, like if you're, if you're looking to be offended... Like, you'll find something to be offended about. For sure. For right? sure. Some people just have that mindset, I think. And I, I feel yeah. like it's definitely a mindset that you have when you're, like, not busy enough working on things that mm. are slash should be more important, important to you. You know? Yeah. Because, like, if you think about it, if you had, like, if you were, like, a single mom and you had to, like, work all the time to make money and then go back home and take care of your, your kids, kids. Yeah. and make sure that they had food to eat and that you could pay for the roof over your head you'll probably like prioritize a little bit further down your list like being offended by something like blackface like barring someone actually coming and trying to steal your baby yeah. or like making a racist remark towards you you'll probably True. be okay with it right but it's like yeah. it's, it's yeah it's, it's they're problems of the first world, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, the counter argument to that is that a lot of the time, if you go to like, for example, in the Philippines, there are probably loads of people that are too busy to get offended, but also they can't do much if they are offended because of the way the system is. It is. Yeah. But those are completely separate scenarios, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. one of them is more like the system failing, and one of them is more like the individual failing. Yeah, don't know, but that's just one man's opinion, I guess. Yeah. Well, on the topic of like Canada and the Philippines, to go off on another tangent, all right, but sort of related. Uh, you mentioned me like something, and this this kind of always stuck with me. Like a uh, couple of years ago, I think when I first got here, like we were we were having drinks one night, and. You mentioned like how you don't feel fully like Canadian or like fully Filipino, yeah, right? Because it's like, cause, you know, I guess when you think Canadian, stereotypical thought is like white person or or whatever, like you know, someone from like that hockey culture and kind of shit. Mm. Um, but then like you go to the Philippines like pretty much every year, and like I guess yeah, you don't feel um, totally immersed in that society because like your language ability only goes like up to a certain extent right yeah and my like general life experience Experience. yeah yeah yeah. so I don't know man yeah I wanted to dig deeper into that like because that was like almost three years ago I think when you first brought that up Mm -hmm. so how do you like how do you feel about that now and maybe you still feel the same way like yeah in light of like all this thing about because a lot of this is about you know it's like identity politics right yeah definitely um and I think this is like something that I think it's something that should be 
considered in politics, but I really don't think it's so individual that it's yeah. not something that can really be applied to like entire societies. But like, okay, I guess I'll start by saying that that's kind of a thought I've always had in my head, just purely objectively a thought. Mm. Um, but the way I've react, I've like felt about it and the way I've like outwardly acted yeah. because of it has changed like as I've grown older. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think like when I was younger, for example, it's something that like, I mean, I was never like a depressed kid or anything like that. No, I never had any like, like concrete situations. I can be like any experiences that I can point at and be like, Oh, see, this is like the perfect example of why like my life was fucked up or like my mind got messed up because of the thinking about this. But like, I don't know, I just, like, I, I just always felt like, um, I went to, like, a school with, like, a lot of Canadian people who were Canadian, like, yeah. quote-unquote, um, and, like, like we were talking about, like, just your stereotypical, like, hockey cult, you, like, you play hockey, you skate, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you go to your cottage for holidays, and <laughs> like that, yeah. and, um, like, these people were, like, my friends, but, like, I guess in that way, it was, I was, like, always kind of different, because, like, if they yeah. came to my house, like, you know, like, we're eating Filipino food, for example, yeah. Or, like, yeah, yeah. Um, back then, like, I don't know, maybe this could be purely anecdotal, but it could also be true. I just think back then also people didn't really travel that much. Well, as much okay. as they do now, like traveling seems yeah. to be in the last like 15 years, like this big hype. Um, well, no that, no, that is true. I don't think that's anecdotal because uh, just think of the, uh, call it the proliferation of like budget airlines and, and all mm-hmm. that. Like there's more, there's more of those in the last, in the last um, decade or so than there was like previous right right so flights are getting cheaper um more destinations are open and accessible to people so i i think you're right on on an objective level not just anecdotal yeah so i think it just like back then people didn't travel as much well like i also went to like public schools so mm-hmm. i mean just statistically speaking if you went to a private school you pr- like your parents probably had more money and therefore like were more likely to i don't know travel yeah, take their kids to different places, but like in what like the kids I went to school with, a lot of the time, like like I said, when they when they go on holiday, they just go to their cottage, and like loads. There were loads of people I remember when I was in grade school that like, oh, I'd never like ridden a plane before, and like yeah. that's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, so because of that, like I know, like I'm looking at this from like the more privileged perspective per se, but like I, it just always felt like there was like a difference, right? And like when you're a kid, you always want. Um, what everyone else has, so yeah. I was always just like, oh, why don't we have a cottage? I'm like, why don't we just get, why don't we get to stay in Canada in the summer? And like, why can't I like, ride my bike around my neighborhood with my friends and go to the like Seven Eleven and get like popsicles and shit? Like, that's just yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then like, that's kind of how it was when I was like going to school and stuff like that. And then like, obviously, it took a while to realize that you know you're actually like quite fortunate that you can experience both of these cultures yeah but the whole time i was always kind of aware like i was never really like it never really brought me down i think i was just always kind of aware no i don't think so either that i was one or the other yeah um i was like in canada i was canadian in the philippines i was like kind of filipino but still canadian (laughs) um and i know like that there are loads of people with like more complicated situations than this but this is just how it was for me yeah um but then i realized there was kind of like some value in that um and now i I kind of like that 
it was that way, even though I just notice it everywhere. Um, So like you were saying before about moving to Canada and liking not feeling entirely comfortable all the time, like that's something that I've also ironically found comfort in. Yeah. Just going somewhere and just not kind of fitting in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of just look for it now, whether or not it's a good thing. I like this is why I, I'm like I don't think I'll come back to Canada anytime soon. It's like work or anything, oh, but yeah, I just kind of like the idea of um, seeing new places and just like being a little bit different. Um, yeah. Cool man. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a thing, and I'm sure, like, especially in Canada, you'd probably you'd probably have like a line out your door if people knew more about like a podcast where they could explain about how they felt like they were from one place, but also they felt like they had to be part of like Canadian, Canadian culture. culture. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I think Toronto is definitely like among places in Canada, probably the best place um, situation wise to like be able to express both of those things. Yeah. I mean, coming from like Edmonton, there were loads of, there are like loads of immigrants, but nowhere near as many as Toronto. And yeah. I feel like because outside of Edmonton, you have like, dude, I don't know, Red Deer. <laughs> that's a place yeah I know, I know. <laughs> it's just random places like that where it's just more stereo- stereotypically like you know like yeah farming towns or like just smaller cities and things like right. that where that like culture is still a lot more prevalent but it's funny how like even in Toronto you'll, you'll still get it and I mean that's part of what it is to like be Canadian you know like people love hockey so if you're a hockey player you're huge yeah it's like if you're in India, if you're a Bollywood star, you're probably big shit. Big shit. <laughs> yeah. Or in the UK, for example, if you play rugby, it's the same idea. Yeah. So, um, I feel like the important thing is just not ever letting it like bring you down, uh, because like for the most part, unless someone is trying to actually bring you down, then like it's probably just yourself. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you feel the same way now that you've moved over here? Um, the same. What do you mean? Um, same do you, way as do you? you feel that like yeah that same kind of like separation between uh or I mean did you feel that when you were in the Philippines I guess even yeah even there too um again because of like the accent thing because uh, like for some reason I just never lost my my Canadian accent yeah or I don't even I don't even think I have like that much of a Canadian accent mm-hmm. like it's a little weird it's a little like North American kind of in between I think yeah so I know it's that I don't pronounce certain words the way, um, the way Canadians here, Canadians here, but the way Canadians do typically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean there was always kind of that separation early on where, where and I didn't have and I didn't grow up uh, speaking the Galug, so it was hard to make. Yeah, it was hard making that adjustment over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did feel that separation because I couldn't speak it as well as other people. Yeah, I guess it was only until like much later that I got a better grasp of the language that I started to feel like more more part of the society and stuff but then like you said you know what um, a lot of it could have been could have been me as well I think maybe maybe part of it was just kind of like a knee-jerk reaction where it's like oh I don't feel a part of it so like maybe I'm not gonna maybe I'm just like fuck it I'm not gonna try that hard to be a part of it yeah and I think when when I kind of just like relax and I think it was when I, like, relaxed a bit more and just said, like, well, you know what, fuck it, I am who I am, I sound this way, I'm not going to try to hide it, um, and, like, I'm just just going to embrace that part of myself that 
like I guess I yeah I did feel more a part of the society and I don't think anything changed markedly I think yeah it was just it was just me bringing myself down yeah definitely I mean that's the thing right it's like it's it's always that's like the easy way out to yeah. just be like oh I'm different fine whatever yeah yeah and which is the funny thing because like I feel like when you're when you're a kid everyone's always mm-hmm. like trying to encourage you to just like be different despite the fact that you don't want to be but then at some point if you like take that too far you end up like not actually you be you end up being a bit indifferent about things right you just mm-hmm. like you wouldn't be willing to like put in the effort where it's required whereas like you know if you move to a new country for example you should probably like make the effort to like learn a little bit about the culture like, yeah it's quite easy to yeah to not do that if you're like had always been thinking like oh i'm just different it's fine yeah i think i mean it's all about striking that balance right yeah really is because i think the dangerous well not not dangerous but the um because the opposite of like feeling of just like feeling different and and not really wanting to change it or or accepting it in a bad way or like like you said like being indifferent indifferent um the opposite of that is is just like sort of this overcorrection wherein you do almost anything to try and fit in and you kind of lose who you are mm-hmm. because of that so i think it's it, yeah there's that balance of like like if you come to a new culture like you sort of have to, you have to embrace the fact that you are in a different place. Yeah. Right. And that, that you are sort of, you know, at least on the surface, different from the people who are there, but at the same time trying to find the ways that you are similar to them without necessarily losing what makes you, what makes you, you in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think also that, um, I think that's something that I was like quite lucky because I got to go back to the Philippines all the time. Yeah. It like kind of like forced me to keep looking at it that way. Whereas I could definitely see like say your family moved to Canada and you're from, I don't know, from wherever really. And you know, you wouldn't, you know, this certain culture, but then like you're over here now and like, say you, you don't have the luxury of being able to like to travel or like go back to your mm-hmm. home country all the time. Yeah. You're probably more likely to feel that pressure that you need to, to fit in like over here and you need to do all the things and like we were saying before like Canada is quite unique in that way because among places that you can immigrate to it's probably the most accepting in terms of like if you want to move here and be as Filipino like be Filipino as fuck yeah you could (laughs) you definitely can you You know I imagine if you like I don't know move to like France and you're Filipino you'd probably feel a little bit more pressure to be French yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak. I, I've never moved to France, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that that experience is also valuable. Not to say that you can't have the same opinion without like having gone through the same thing. Which mm-hmm. is why I think this whole like identity politics thing is so individual, because loads of people can arrive at similar conclusions despite what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Like the important thing is that like the conclusions are things that are such that. You know, people can live together, like, relatively peacefully. There's always going to be some kind of problem, like, some kind yeah. of conflict, but um, that people can live together peacefully and, um, you know, just not be, like, getting offended by petty shit. Yeah. Especially when it's not your petty shit to get offended about. Yeah. That's a big True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. It's coming from, like, two people who are, I feel like, 
more on the indifferent side <laughs> rather than <laughs> yeah. could be the passionate social justice, social justice side. side yeah although I will say like I think maybe we could be looking at looking at it from I don't know I guess like a Torontonian perspective as well mm-hmm. like I don't think maybe the things that we've said hold true all across Canada no probably not in the sense of, of like you can you can just like immigrate to the city and like kind of be comfortable being who you are because like I think like if I immigrate to like a, I don't know some random ass town that no one's no one's heard of like population 5,000 <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. a really small town where like hardly anyone from across the world or across the country like kind of go to I would really really feel like out of my element mm-hmm. right I think the reason why again I feel comfortable in my own skin here is because like everybody's just sort of different everyone is kind of doing the same same thing, thing. yeah so like that ties in like same same but different right everyone it's like we, we all have that in common is that we're, a lot of us are just so different because um, like I have friends that are like you know born and bred Canadian but like from small towns and stuff they come to Toronto and it's a culture shock to them too yeah and that was surprising to me being like what yeah I feel like your culture shock <laughs> like your culture shock what the fuck yeah right yeah. and uh, yeah and it was funny because like uh all well, these kids that I met like while I was in college were like, again it was like their first experience outside of home uh, they were from small towns in Ontario it was like the only life that they knew and they come to this city and they're just like like we went into this like into Toronto for the first time um, like a bunch of these kids that I knew on res and like all the deers in headlights like they'd never ridden a bus before or like the subway or anything really? and they, they were just yeah and they were just freaked out at the pace they were just like what the f-? like there's like this is so much like yeah. a lot of there's a lot going on right now yeah and i lived like my, my entire like practically my whole life in manila i'm like yo you think this is a lot like this is a lot of space man. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude and, what are you talking quiet, quiet? yeah like, i'm like what? yeah i mean yeah, i guess so there's like there's levels that. to it right yeah it's, yeah it's probably the same if you are from the province somewhere in the Philippines and then right. you go to Manila and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective. All right, man. I think that's that. Should we wrap it up? We should. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Here you go. Next round? Yep. Let's do it. Do it. It's, it's about that time. It's about that time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.